0: Praise the Lord. How many know that's what, the, what that's what it's about? Amen. It's giving and receiving. Yep. Yep. All the days of our lives, yep. giving and receiving. Amen. Amen. You mean receive from the Lord and give to someone else? Sometimes. Yes. Sometimes give to the Lord. Amen. <coughs> even, even our worship. Yes. Amen. Remember Acts 13, it says that, that they ministered unto the Lord. Yes. Does the Lord need ministry? Amen. Yes. It's biblical to do so biblical to minister to Him. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> and uh, good thing about ministering to Him, He's not just unresponsive. Amen. He doesn't, you, you don't look to Him and He looks away. No, no. Hmm? Yeah. You don't reach out to Him and without Him reaching back. How many know He he reached first? Amen. And really anything we do in ministering to Him and worshiping Him, it's responsive anyway. We're responding to what He's already done. Praise God. Amen. And uh, and, and how many know that's the foundation of what we do when we come before Him and and praise Him and and seek His face? uh, uh, We're responding, whether we know it or not, whether we're conscious of it or not, we're responding to the Lord's draw. Because He's placed His Spirit here. Even before you got saved, uh, somebody prayed for you, (laughs) and His Spirit came. The Spirit of God was at work doing His job, drawing us to Himself. And sometimes we think... I just decided. <laughs> I just decided to go to church. <laughs> well, human beings in their flesh don't just decide to go to church. <laughs> they don't. They decide to do something for themselves. They decide entertainment. They decide something to make me feel good, right? And uh, w- w- the fact that you and I are here together tonight, I believe, is evidence in part of God's spirit loving us him drawing us to himself and uh, here we are <laughs> amen and so what are we doing we're responding to his draw and to his leading and, uh, and but it seems that when you reach out back to him and you thank him and you look to him and you seek his face and, and all the things that we do uh, there's something inherently within him that wants to reach back out again that wants to just reach right back out and wrap his arms around you. Praise the Lord. And that's what we're here to do. That's what our, our life is about. That's what this experience is about. It's a two-way street. Praise the Lord. Our our, our prayer life is not to be a monologue. Praise the Lord. But it's about, it's, it's, it's supposed to be about uh, a conversation. Amen. And uh, conversation. That means we're ministering to him and he's ministering to us. And uh, he reached out to us first and we're calling out back on His name. We're, uh, we're drawing our heart close to Him. How many understand, really our prayer life begins with Him too. I know that's part of praise anyway, but uh, the the fact that I prayed for something, or someone, or for God to do something, really it started with Him. Hmm? I don't mean that I'd, I didn't have a choice in the matter. That's where I think sometimes theologically people get tweaked in their brain is it all God is it just our decision I don't think you could say just in either of those situations things begin with the Lord we respond hopefully in the appropriate and right way and then he answers amen Uh, but the fact that we pray for certain things and then God answers well why did we even think to pray about it it was the grace of God that enable us to be smart enough to pray about it, to know how to pray, to have faith to pray. Know what I'm talking about? And, and ultimately, how many understand it? all the glory goes back to Him? Because even even though I may get a pat on the back or a you know attaboy <laughs> uh, for doing the right thing or obeying God or having faith or confidence in Him, there is my part. There is you, your part. Uh, again, all the glory goes to Him because without His grace and mercy and wisdom and, and forgiveness and all these things, I would never have known to pray. I would not have been smart enough to see the wisdom of God before me, to see the Word of God, to know that His will is for me to prosper and be in health, even as my soul prospers. I wouldn't be able to see that. Amen. Amen. Someone said, well, we're smart enough to figure some of that out, aren't we? Listen, some of the smartest people in the world can't figure this out. I'm telling you, there are very smart people as far as IQ goes and brain power goes far beyond where I'm at and probably some of you, too. Uh, And yet, you talk to them about the Lord and about spiritual things, and there's a glassy-eyed look because they just literally don't see it, yet so smart, but can't see some of the things that little old me can see. And I don't say that facetiously. I'm just, I don't know that much. <laughs> but the Lord has shown me things. And I see some things about now and about tomorrow. I see some things about about eternity. I see things clearly, not, not in everything, but so many things. I see things clearly the way they are. And I so wish everyone could see some of the things I see and some of the things you see. I wish everyone could see. And don't you want to just go turn on the light sometimes in people's mind and go, you know, don't don't you have a little cord? (laughs) Can I, ching? (laughs) But you're looking around, there's nothing to pull. (laughs) You just want to turn the light on. But if someone doesn't see it, they don't see it. So you're saying then it's all back to God. Yeah, it is all back to God in the, in the beginning, but still there is our response because when a person will look to the Lord, that's when light begins to happen. When people look away or deny or they won't acknowledge the things that God has shown, even in creation, there are many that turn a, turn a blind eye to the magnificent creation of God. And they want a natural explanation for everything. But how many know uh, if you go back far enough in creation, or as some would say, evolution, if you go back far enough, you eventually run into a problem. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Your mind's going to tilt no matter what you're what you've been taught, because even if someone uh, goes all the way back and they uh, accept a the theory of a big explosion or a bang took place and then the universe was formed you're going to get a hiccup before you get to that because something has to explode you know what I'm talking about I mean there has to be something to explode if there was an explosion which there wasn't by the way you don't throw a bomb into a junkyard and come out with a Lexus I mean that's just never going to happen and the universe just doesn't fall into place with an explosion, you know, where the Earth just happens to be just in the right place to not burn up or to not freeze. It's just really it's an impossibility. However, but even if someone did think, yeah, that that was the way uh, things got got started, you gotta have you gotta have material to blow up. Where did that come from? Eventually, I mean, it just doesn't work out. <laughs> I did not even plan on talking about that. <laughs> but I'm telling But here's, here's where we're coming back to. Uh, when a person will look to the Lord, that's where, that's where light begins. Yes, yes, right, yes. When you acknowledge Him in everything, yes. that's the beginning of understanding. Yes. It's the beginning of, of, of being able to see things clearly. If you have confusion in your life and things you want to know and things you need to know, I tell you, look to Him, and begin to acknowledge, Lord, you know everything. You are the source and the strength of my life. You are my wisdom, you are understanding. I draw upon your foreknowledge. I draw upon your wisdom and great insight. For without you, I know nothing. But I rely upon you, and I thank you. and you just be thankful, Amen. And be be grateful because you had enough sense. To call upon Him. Because <laughs> how many know He could have stayed hidden? God could have stayed hidden from you and me. Now watch. How many know Some there are a lot of people, a lot, percentage-wise small, but a lot of people think that God is hidden. They will even say things like, If God is real, why is He going to such great lengths to hide Himself? But yet, to me, and and probably to a lot of us, we're like, "Are you kidding me? God's hiding? He's so very real to me. It's almost as if I see him, even though I don't, with my physical eye. But the reality of who he is, and his presence, and his answers, and 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 the, you know, some of the things we have seen as a result of his move and his existence." Is just so real. But why do some? They look and I don't see anything. What are you guys doing? Who oh, you lift you lifting your hands in the air like there's someone there. You sing and close your eyes like someone hears you. Well, yeah. Don't you see him? Don't you know that he's there? No, some don't. But to that same degree, many times we need to step up. In looking to Him. Because I tell you what, there's more to see. There's more wisdom to be had. (laughs) More revelation and understanding and an experience of His glory that the body of Christ can walk in. And so continually, each and every step of the way, each and every day, we look to Him. Come on. And we thank Him that we've got enough faith. You remember the scripture over in... Ephesians two and verse eight that says uh, that says for by grace we are saved through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. And uh, I don't know if I'm quoting it exactly right. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Sometimes people wonder in that in that verse, what's the gift? Is the gift the grace, or is gift the gift, the faith. For by grace we are saved through faith, this not of ourselves. Which one? The grace or the faith? Well... <laughs> how many understand grace by definition isn't of yourself? If you said grace, that's by definition again means it was freely given to you it was something that you didn't earn or merit and so we know grace is a gift but also of course you can see in the word that that faith is a gift of God right so what does that take me back to I wouldn't believe anything if it weren't for God's grace I wouldn't have anything I wouldn't know to call on him and if I don't call on him I don't get saved if I don't look to the one with the answer, I don't get the answer. What that leads me to understand is that oftentimes when people don't have an answer, is they're not looking to the one with the answer. Hmm? If I look to... If, if I need... Uh, uh, you know, I'm just grabbing for an example here. <laughs> if I need a car and... Connie here has the car I need but I'm continually looking to Sarah for my car how many know I can look for a long long time long long time and well she won't even be able to give me the car if she doesn't have the car but I could seek and I could try to tweak my methods and try to persuade her and you know and really just reach out and if that doesn't work maybe I just need to be patient and I'm just going to wait because eventually, I'm, I know I'm, I'm, I'm going to get my car. I'm going to say it. She's giving me a car. She's giving me a car. <laughs> but how many know if she doesn't have a car to give, it doesn't matter what I do? Huh? And a lot of times, we're tempted to look to natural means and natural sources, and, and we're, we're seeking answers, and we're not looking to the right person. She's got the car. I can go to her for the car, and it won't take long at all. Amen. Amen. And so we need to reach out to the Lord. Draw our focus always back to Him. Always, always, always for everything. For everything and in every situation, in every circumstance, always look to Him. He's got it all. And in His wisdom, He leads us and helps us to know how to ask and what to ask for and when to do it and and everything that's needed. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Say, what if something's not working? He's got the answer of why it's not working. Say, I've been seeking this, and I just haven't been able to, it doesn't seem like I've been able to receive. And uh, What should I do? Look to Him. Look to Him. Because He has the wisdom to tweak and to show me where I'm missing it. If God has promised something, and I have not yet partaken of it, but I know that I want it, know that I need it, but I haven't gotten it, there's a reason why. The reason is not, I'm talking about something God has promised me now, for now, for today. All the promises of God in Him are yes and amen. If God has it, and I don't have it, There's a reason why I don't. That reason is never because God's withholding it. That's not the way He operates. He doesn't promise you something and then dangle it out in front of you and say, Sorry, Charlie. No. There's a reason why I don't have what I want and what I need. say, What is it? (laughs) Well, I'm saying there's some general reasons, but there's maybe some specific things I'm saying whatever it is the one who wants you to have it will tell you how to get it that's just foolish to think that God would promise me something and then keep back from me the understanding and wisdom that I need to get it that's not even nice (laughs) and so my life is a continual look to him and if something's not working that's all right why should I get all upset about that? Why should I get all frustrated? As if God just going to leave me frustrated. He's just going to leave me hanging out to drive with nothing working. That's not the God in whom we serve. He, that's not the God of love that we know. This God that we know wants to give us understanding. Yay. Let's look to Him. Amen. Praise God. I didn't think we'd start off the service this way, but let's, there's a proper approach. Let's look over at First Timothy. This is believers meeting tonight, so if you're new, Welcome. That means we just we come and believe and we let the spirit of God direct us any which way that he wants 1st Timothy chapter 3 Paul writing to Timothy in verse 14 said these things I write to you Though I hope to come to you shortly, but if I am delayed, I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. Notice the language. He said, I want you to know how you ought to conduct yourselves in the house of God. We might say there's a proper behavior for church. Did you know there's a right behavior when you come to church, <laughs> and, and there could be wrong behavior when you come to church? Now, immediately, sometimes people, depending on their background, might think, "Okay, I got to sit up, um, don't chew gum, uh, don't, you know." And then they might think of some of the, you know, maybe I should be quiet and not talk to my neighbor. How, how am I going to behave in church? What's right here? Is this a, a code of conduct thing? Well. well There is a right way, and of course, we're not looking at all the things that he he shared with him. He was giving him directions for government and and, uh, who to put in as qualified persons for different positions of authority and so forth. That's the context of some of what he is saying. But I want you to consider this uh, in regards to uh, how we ought to conduct ourselves in the house of God, that a lot of it is inward and not outward. Yeah, I think there. I mean, I think if you, if any, any wise person would recognize, there are some outward things that you probably shouldn't do because it might distract someone else from receiving from God. Might be disrespectful in some way. All right. However, we're not going down a, any kind of, any kind of list or anything like that. But, but to think about how should we approach the Lord when we come to church? Is there a right way to come to church? Is there a wrong way? I really believe that there is a right way and there's a wrong way. And one of the reasons that sometimes people behave wrongly in the house of God is simply because they come with no real purpose. They show up with no real uh, reason for being there other than, you know, maybe I'm a Christian so I go to church. Okay, that's that's right but that's not real deep yeah. or you know I go because I have to people expect me or I'm committed to do something and, uh, and okay fine still not super deep how ought we to behave ourselves in the house of God I, I think there's many things we could say about it but one thing that's real important and it goes along with what, what we're saying here is that you come and you behave in such a way that allows and even puts a pull on what the Spirit of God wants to say to you. What He wants to do in you or through you. And too many times we get accustomed to doing something by habit and we just come and we come physically. And we do things, we do them physically, not knowing and not really being aware of the spiritual elements of what's taking place here. If we were, we were to really break it down and ask ourselves, if God is involved in a local church, I mean specifically involved, not just He kind of started it, got it going and said, all right, right, go ahead now. But no, but that He is specifically and directly involved in our gathering. I think if we were to ask the question, most of us would go, Well, yeah, I really believe that God does get specifically and directly involved in our meeting times. But if we take that a step further, how is He involved? What does He want to do? What does He want to happen and to imagine that God has a plan for you being here tonight. There is something that He wants to put in or draw out or move through. You in this service and every time we gather. To be conscious of that, I think we have to stir it up. hmm didn't Paul tell Timothy in another place to stir up the gifts of God? Well you don't tell someone that if it's not necessary. There's there's a possibility of the the fire going down. And you got to get the poker out, right? Is that what that's called? And poke around in there, get those embers stirred up, maybe you know, blow on it a little bit, get that fire roaring again. And it's not a bad person who's fire has gone down or they're not coming with a proper mental attitude or spiritual position, they're not a bad person but sometimes we just have to be reminded, this is a God thing. This is something that He wants to do and so we immediately then, we shift our minds off everything natural onto something supernatural. Onto something that the Lord Himself wants to do in our lives. Because how many know the way He's going to do something through you is He's first going to do something to you. Yes. He's going to fix me <laughs> so I can be used to fix somebody else. Yes. Amen. Amen. How are we behave in church? What's the proper behavior? You've been behaving? Just because you've been sitting up straight doesn't mean you've been behaving. <laughs> Just because you're taking notes and doing some good things doesn't mean that you're behaving amen now sometimes the outward reflects the inside I uh, years ago I used to pastor youth it was very evident what they were thinking (laughs) because if they weren't interested it was all over their face I mean (laughs) most people are more polite enough not (laughs) not to do this you know or, or even if you know some have been there if they're really tired or something they're polite enough to try. You know what I'm talking about? You know, they're rubbing their feet or something. It's like I had a long day, and I'm gonna, <laughs> they're going to try to, you know, pay attention and be awake. And uh, well, sometimes with the younger generation now, uh, they don't care. <laughs> anyway, uh, you may have everything right physically going on, and and you know, you, it looks like the lights on and everything, and. <laughs> <laughs> but that doesn't guarantee that you are in a, pose- in a place where you're expecting God to speak to you, expecting God to speak to the person next to you. Sometimes uh, I'll remind myself, and I don't mean I, I don't mean that I just regularly have trouble with this, but I purposefully remind myself because I do this teaching and stuff all the time and uh, have for quite a few years now it's it's habitual you could say I mean I know my weekends are tied up (laughs) my Wednesday nights are tied up you know I don't I can't just oh I forgot (laughs) (laughs) I remind because I, I don't ever want this to happen in me where I just treat each service like it's just another service Where I think ah uh, you know I've been preaching for a while I can pull something out you know you know what I'm, talking, you know what I'm saying or, or or, or, even even though I don't approach it that way to even just l- let my expectations down to where I think okay let's get this over with because you know it's been a long week or a long month or, or whatever the case is I just want to get through this I don't ever want myself to get to that and so here's how I do at times. I remind myself that there may be even one person that their life is hanging in the balance. And I don't know that as I'm praying in my office, as I'm, as I'm getting ready, and I, you know, I could just go through the rhythm and do what I know to do. I remind myself because I don't know. I I don't know who that person is here tonight or if it's a bunch of people or or if it's maybe just an encouragement meeting where believers are getting built up. It's not necessarily a life changer. But I know so often there are individuals in any given service and what is said that night could be a turning point because that's a reality. Listen, and I know my responsibility in this might be greater than most of you But I don't think it eliminates the part that each person in the body has to play. Because you don't know what a difference you being tuned in, having the right frequency, can make, not only in your own life, but in someone else's life. It really makes a difference. It makes a difference in a corporate sense. When we're all plugged in, we're all on the right channel, I tell you what, the volume gets turned up. I'm talking spiritual force and effectiveness and and, and manifest glory. It just increases. But also, you may have a conversation. You may have a chance to pray with or just encourage, just so many number of things. or, Or have a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom for another person. And that can be a turning point in their life. Someone said, that's kind of heavy. I don't know if I want that responsibility in coming to church. (laughs) Sometimes I don't want it either. (laughs) It's easier in the flesh to just not make it a big deal. But the potential of God's power being on display, it's worth it. It's worth coming to church and behaving right. (laughs) <laughs> it's worth doing whatever is necessary before I get there to have my mind in the right place and to, and to be, you know, just in that place and someone said, well, there's times I come in here and I just, man, I just had a day I understand that and that's one, time, that's one reason we can get together and the peace of God can come but always, it's a place where we can get focused and everything but it's also a place where someone else their life might be hanging in the balance I mean big decisions sometimes life and death decisions amen sometimes someone just got news that day of some serious medical condition they were they just had they just got the test results that day and there they show up in church now you're not going to know it usually you know someone they still look fine You think, oh, nothing's wrong with with them. You don't know that. Hmm, I don't know that. I don't know if it's you tonight. But I know this. The Spirit of God, He's here. The Lord loves you. He is faithful. And so I'm going to behave right in church. In other words, what I'm talking about specifically now here, I'm going to focus and be aware of the spiritual component to what we're doing. Not just treat everything as natural you know like I shared with one of the services recently about my uh, uh, my grandparents and, and growing up when they were when they were still with us um, <laughs> they come from a different church background they were Christians uh, but when they would hear me speak uh, which was not very frequent they didn't live, don't, didn't live in this state but uh, they would say you know that was a good speech you're a good speaker. And they were complimenting me. Don't get me wrong. And I appreciated that. But it's just always in my mind I'm going, okay. <laughs> it was just I view it so differently. I don't view myself as a speaker because I need to polish up if that's the case <laughs> as far as being a great orator. But, uh, but I see myself as delivering some spiritual goods the truth of God's Word. And I want to do the best I can to do that. Don't get me wrong. But it's this that different mindset of some see everything natural. Others see things in more of a... They recognize grace and gifting and anointing. Amen. When you look at someone, what do you see in them? I think I think a spiritual person doesn't just see well, you got nice hair and you got a nice shirt on or, you, you know... Or, whatever it is that you might acknowledge and see about them, uh, but you see something spiritual there. It's a person that God loves, that Jesus shed His blood for. And watch, the gifts of God have been placed in them. There's an anointing in their life. Can we recognize it and see it? Someone said, I don't know if I can see that. Well, you can look. You can be mindful of the fact that everyone around you here is more than just a natural person. How many of you know every one of us, every one of us, one of us are going to exist for eternity? There is never going to be an end to you. Now, if you've been born again, thank God you're going to be in the presence of God forever. Amen. But there's something definitely beyond what we see here. Praise the Lord. Let's look at Luke chapter 16. Let's, let's go to Luke 6 instead. Luke 6, verse 19. It says, And the whole multitude sought to touch him. For power went out from him and healed them, how many? All. Oh, talking about Jesus, obviously. The multitude, they sought to touch him. For power went out and healed them all. How in the world did they get such good results? I mean, you think about that. They got a meeting. There's a multitude of people there. Why do you say multitude? That means they couldn't count them. I mean, it was real trouble. (laughs) Had a difficult time counting. The ushers were like, one, two, three. Would you you sit down? (laughs) Let's just say multitude when they turned in the count. (laughs) There's a multitude here. (laughs) But listen, every one of them got healed. They all got it. How did they get such good results? How did they have such a successful meeting? Let's go back to verse 17. And he came down with them and stood on a level place with a crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem uh, and from the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon who came, notice this word, who came to hear him, And to be healed of their diseases, as well as those who were tormented with unclean spirits, and they were healed. Say, I didn't really catch anything in there. Why did they come? They came to hear and be healed. What did they get? (laughs) They heard, and they were healed. Why did they hear and they were healed? Because that's what they came for. (laughs) It might be good to ask ourselves the question from time to time. What do we come for? What did you come to get? Say, well, I didn't really, I just came. (laughs) Well, that could be tied to what you're going to gets. You know, like brother Hagan used to he, he would ask at times people, so what uh what what verse are you standing on when they wanted him to agree with them in prayer? What what Bible verse are you standing on for what? And they they would say, "Well, no, none in particular." And he would say, "Well, that's about what you're going to get. Nothing in particular." <laughs> See, we just think there's a just a shotgun approach to spirituality and it's not, we need to aim. <laughs> Need a focus, huh? And why do we come? Why do we come to a meeting? If we can't ever answer the question that I came to hear the word and to be healed, or I came to hear the word and receive wisdom from God, what what is it? I can't. Why did you come? Because what you come for determines what you get. Amen. Someone said, "I don't. I just know I need help." Well, that might be good. Come expecting help, Amen. Because the Lord is our help. Praise the Lord. God is good. Amen. Thank you, Lord. You, you might remember over in another place when uh, the time when uh, uh, the guys dropped the the sick person through the roof when Jesus was ministering how the scripture said there in Luke um, 5 it said how the power of the Lord was present to heal them I don't know if you ever noticed that passage but them didn't get healed the power of the Lord was present to heal them but them didn't get healed him got healed why is it sometimes well that what we just read the multitude got healed Everybody got healed. But other times, eh. If we have a meeting and just, you know, there's a lot of people that need healing, but only a couple get healed, what's up with that? Was the power of the Lord present? Of course. Otherwise, you don't get healed without the power of the Lord. You don't get healed by the power of man. So the power of the Lord's present to heal. Why is it only sometimes Him who gets healed? Because others didn't come for it. When you come to the Lord, you get what you come for. When you come to church, you get what you come for. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Let's look over at Hebrews chapter 5. Let's see. Let's read here verse 9. Hebrews 5 and verse 9. And having been perfected, speaking about Jesus, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him, called by God as high priest according to the order of Melchizedek, of whom, of whom whom? Melchizedek. We have much to say and hard to explain. You might, If you were just to stop there... You think, well, Paul, you need to get studied up on your Melchizedek (laughs) understanding. I mean, really, if you can't explain it, you simply just don't understand it very well. Is that what the case was here? Paul was lacking revelation understanding personally. He went on to say, since you have become dull of hearing. Since you have become dull of hearing. He said, I have a very difficult time explaining what I want to talk to you about. I want to share with you some stuff, but I'm having a hard time. I can't really get this out. I can't explain this to you because you have become dull. See, sometimes people think, well, if the Lord wants to say something to me, he will. No. That's just not that's that that's not correct. That's that's looking at it like this that everything I have is based upon what God is willing to give. That's not the way things work, all right? It's not about what He's able to give. It's about what I'm able to receive. There's a two-part component in this, the giver and the receiver. It's not that the giver just overrides the receiver. And if God has something and He wants me to have something, He'll, he'll guarantee that I get it simply because He's God and His will is stronger than my will. No, that's not what the Word teaches. Paul said, I want to teach you this. I've got some things to say here. I've got some understanding and revelation I want you to have, but I'm having a real difficult time getting this out because you've become dull. How many understand now, any time we gather together, what takes place in that service, what, is, what words are brought forth are not just the responsibility of the Lord. Not just the responsibility of the speaker, but it is a combination of what the Lord wants to say, what the speaker is able to hear from that and and deliver, and what? What's the third component? What the hearers are able to receive. In other words, the hearer can shut down the speaker, which in essence shuts down God. So if a person doesn't behave right in church, God stops moving. Someone said, I guess the preacher just didn't have it today. <laughs> well, I guess in the big picture that there's, that's a possibility. They ha- They have their part. But that's not necessarily the answer. I guess God just didn't want to move today. Well, <laughs> that's a big leap too. I think I would lean towards... The first is that maybe the condition of the hearers was not altogether in the right place. I know from personal experience because, you know, we do the three weekend services. And oftentimes all three, in my opinion, are just really good. And just, uh, I mean, when I say really good, there's an easy flow. There's a, there's a sense of God's presence and spirit. Good things happen. But sometimes it's not that way. Sometimes any one of the three services can really lag the others. And when I look at it, I think, what was the deal here? What was the problem? And what's the difference? Different people are there. And on the outside, you don't know when they come in. Oh, no. This is going to be hard this is going to be a hard one today. No people come and it's not all about expression or volume, you know or sometimes I may say, hey, it's quiet in here, it's good to stir it up. It's not all about that at all. Sometimes it can be very quiet and there's a very easy flow. and sometimes it's very loud and there's not. <laughs> you know it, it, that's just not the determining factor. But there is an expect expectation that people come with. When someone comes to get something, they come and there's a there's a draw of their own faith to receive. I tell you what, it makes things easy, and uh, and, and I've noticed this throughout uh, the, the years uh, of ministry that i know if i know the material sometimes i've preached things multiple times over the years in different places and and i know the truth i mean i've got it established in my heart and you'll go and one time deliver it and it's like it's like what is going on here and uh and usually usually this is not the case but i know several years ago we had a we had a guest speaker and we had two services at the time on sunday morning and And the first service uh, that we did that day, it was just real easy and real flow. I can tell he was having a good time. And the second service, he struggled. And I don't think everyone could tell this. Partly I knew because I was in both. And I knew him. But uh, he said to me afterwards, wow, that's a different crowd. But I could tell. I thought he's preaching the same message, basically. You know, they come out different, but it's the same message. And it was just like hard for him, and I felt bad for him. I thought I've been there before, and especially. Well, I've had the same thing happen. I was remember I was preaching at another church, and it was just a one-time event. And how many? As a minister, you want to go. You know, you, I mean, you want to give them the goods. If you're going to another church and ministering, and they've only given you one day. You know, they invite you to come in like a Sunday. This was a Sunday. And they had two services. You know, you want to do a good job. And you want the power of God to be there. And you want a revelation to flow. And woohoo! it's just pretty good. And it was the first service. <laughs> and it was half the crowd. You know, it was half the size of the second service. Second service had a lot more people. And I struggled. And I thought, Chunk, what is going on here? What, what, what was it? Well, I can tell you that on that day, it wasn't me. I'm not saying I'm never taking any blame but on that day I was ready and and the the first service was just so much better and it was the same message for the most part uh, but this is what Paul taught here when a person becomes dull in their hearing it restricts what, what can be given we've talked recently about how Jesus said you don't give what's holy to dogs or cast pearl before swine the condition of who's receiving determines what's given God just doesn't give sometimes. You want to say it, and you try to say it, but there's no unction on it. There's no anointing. But other times, whew, it freely goes. It's just freely received. It, they, I mean, there are times when it's so easy, it's not even funny. It just, the people's expectation and draw upon the Spirit of God makes it so easy. Things just flow out of you. Amen. Same thing can be true when ministering. Uh, in a service like this and through the laying on of hands and, and, uh, and healing and, and different gifts of the spirit, you can create an atmosphere where those things flow so easy. It's just effortless. It almost seems it almost seems like magic because it's just so easy to get things happening and bodies to be rearranging and straightening out and people to receive instant healings and other times it's, you got to work with them so much. I tell you what, the way we come to church, how we behave in church can determine to the degree of which God's Spirit has free course and free reign in here. And I want more. <laughs> I, I, I've tasted. I've experienced a little. And I'm addicted to the move of God, to the power of His Spirit, to Him speaking and revealing things to me. And nothing else can... can, can uh, Nothing else can substitute for it. Thank you, Lord. Amen. So they came. They got what they came for. The other time, there were other sick people. Their power, the Lord was present to heal them, but only Him got healed. Amen. Thank you, Lord. God's good. Amen. Let's let's look at two more things, I think. Matthew 10 And then we're going to come right all the way back around to where we started, where I see this going now. Matthew 10, verse 40. It says, He who receives you receives me. He who receives me receives him who sent me. How many understand that's a powerful truth? You cannot skip over people and just go straight to the Lord now I don't mean that you're saved through somebody else you know saving you one mediator between God and man that is the man Christ Jesus however God uses things uses people as a normal part of his ministry to people and if you have something from God for me and I say I don't like you (laughs) I don't want to receive it from you well I've just cut off the supply of God in my life None of us are ever going to be uh, cut off from the body of Christ and just living an outstanding life all by ourselves. Everyone understand, understand how that works? What, what do you call it? You don't amputate the arm and it's just going to have a happy life. That's my arm over there doing well. No, your arm is going to have a lousy existence without you. <laughs> it won't be long until there's no life in it at all. And that's why... Again, that's why believers need to be connected to a local body of believers. Even though you're saved without necessarily another person. But for you to thrive and live the life that God intended for you, you've got to be connected. Okay? There's things that flow from you to others and from others to you. And if we separate ourselves, that's one of the reasons the enemy works so hard. Works night and day to separate people from church he has strategies he sets things up years in advance sets people up to get them cut off get them offended mad at this i don't i don't feel comfortable i don't i don't feel like i really fit whatever it is there's all kinds of things there's not a place for me there's it doesn't matter what the thinking is it's all designed because some of it may have a little basis in truth in some situations it's still designed though those thoughts will come again and again designed to cut you off why you're vulnerable once you're out there you just don't live the life of god once you're separated amen so how many know when you see someone who's been separated you don't get angry with them you have compassion on them you do because they're hurting they they were oftentimes deceived but if you don't want to be deceived don't judge those who are when you're merciful towards others, you get grace to stand against these things yourself. Amen. Some are so critical of others then it ends up being them. Quick to bash others because they have made wrong decisions. Before you not, Before you know it, they can't make a right decision because they can't see anymore. They don't see the way. All of a sudden, they're deceived and they're living in the same thing or worse than they were accusing someone else of doing. Always mercy, compassion. Amen. He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet. How come it didn't just say he who receives a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward? How come it just didn't say he who receives a prophet receives a prophet's reward? Because it's possible for someone to receive a prophet in the name of something other than a prophet. And if 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 a prophet comes and we receive that prophet in the name of a post hole digger, then the prophetic gift will not be operative in your life. They'll dig you a good post hole if that's what you need, if they know how, if that's an alternate gift. But the point is this. The way we receive people determines what's going to come through them to us. Because God wants to use a person. He's going He's put His grace and gift and anointing in people. But I've got to see it for what it is. I've got to see you for who you are. And the potential there becomes impacting in my life only when I receive you in accordance to who you really are. But if I treat a prophet like a teacher, I'm going to limit the prophet gift there everybody with me and so this is why we've got to have spiritual eyes don't we and be seeking the Lord help me to see help me to see things right I thank you that I'm able to see that by your grace I understand this is pleasing to God when we approach things this way amen let me show you one more scripture If I can remember. It's in the Old Testament. It's in the Kings. First Kings or Second Kings. I think first, but let me check. First Kings 3. everybody okay with this so far well that's an easy flow so I know that someone's doing good the Lord's faithful I'm just a vessel but there's a pull there's a draw someone came to church with the right attitude and the right expectation behaving well in church now sit up straight no, I'm just kidding <laughs> 1 Kings 3, verse 1. It says, Now Solomon made a treaty with Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and mar- married Pharaoh's daughter. Then he brought her to the city of David until he had finished building his own house, and the house of the Lord, and the wall around all around Jerusalem. Meanwhile, the people sacrificed at the high places because there was no house built for the name of the Lord until those days. And Solomon loved the Lord walking in the statutes of his father. Now stop right there. Does Solomon love the Lord? Is he walking in the statutes of his father? Now, the ways of God, yes. Except that he sacrificed and burnt incense at the high places. Now this is kind of a side note to what we're talking about. But I want you to notice that the Lord did not say the first part of the verse because of the second part of the verse. He was doing some things wrong. Sacrificing the high place was not acceptable to God. It was not right. Yet the Lord did not erase the fact that He loved Him and walked in the statutes of His Father. I think sometimes we do disservice to ourselves, to other people. If we identify one thing that they're doing wrong and think because of that, they're obviously just away from God. Obviously just backslidden. Obviously just don't really love the Lord. Because if they loved the Lord, they wouldn't be acting that way. That's not the way the Lord talked about Solomon. He was doing some wrong things. And he pointed them out. But yet said they love the Lord. We're going to see sometimes that there's things in people's lives that aren't necessarily altogether righteous or holy. They're, They're wrong. Maybe you have great understanding that it is wrong. But for you to just, again, just get into a position where you judge someone else and say because they're doing it they're just totally out of bounds here. They're just totally off the missing the mark. The Lord might be looking at them and say, "They love me." They're walking in my ways except for that thing. All right, let's keep going. That was just bonus. Where are we at? Verse 4. Now the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for that was what the uh, the great high for that was the great high place. Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings on the altar. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night and said, Ask, what shall I give you? That's a good question from the Lord, huh? And Solomon said, You have shown great mercy to your servant David, my father. Because He walked before you in truth and righteousness and in uprightness of heart with you, you have continued this great kindness for Him and you have given Him a son to sit on His throne as it is this day. Now, O Lord, my God, You have made Your servant king instead of my father David, but I am a little child. I do not know how to go out or come in. What's that? That's called humility, right? Humble before God. He said, And your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to be numbered or counted. Therefore, give to your servant an understanding heart to judge your people, that I may discern between good and evil. For who is able to judge this great people of yours? Notice verse 10. This speech pleased the lord that solomon had asked this thing this the fact that he asked for an understanding heart for wisdom and discernment it pleased god i just think that that's outstanding to think obviously god doesn't always it, it i say obviously it sure appears this by many scriptures that though he knows all and can see all He doesn't always look at it. You know what I'm talking about? Though He can look into your very future every thought you're ever going to think, He doesn't always do it. And when He's having a conversation with you, well, He knows what you're going to say, but apparently He doesn't always look at what you're going to say. So that when you say it, it's like, oh. And when Solomon asked this, the Lord got happy with him. It's like, that is a good request. I mean, you could have asked for anything. He went on to say, God said to him, Because you have asked this thing and have not asked for long life for yourself, nor have asked riches for yourself, nor have asked for the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern justice, behold, I have done according to your words. See, I have given you a wise and understanding heart so that there has not been anyone like you before, nor shall... uh, any like you after, any like you arise after you, and I have also given to you what you have not asked, both well, riches and honor, so that there shall be none, uh, there shall not be anyone like you among the kings all of your days. And uh, and I find this interesting. We go back to the beginning here of uh, of what we were talking about. The Lord wants us to have wisdom he does not want us to be in the dark and the fact that solomon asked for that the lord was impressed with that you know weren't we given kind of a similar blank check in the new testament he came to him and said what do you want he could have asked him any for anything we've also been given a blank check jesus said if you abide in me my words abide in you john 15 7 you'll ask whatever you want You'll ask what you will, and it shall be done for you. And it's not that there's only one answer to put in that prayer request. You can only No, he did say, ask whatever you want. But I tell you, one of the things that I believe is, is an honoring thing to ask for, something that pleases God, is when you and I seek for wisdom and understanding, when we ask him to open our eyes and help us to see, that we so that we may live accordingly so that we may deal rightly with others to have that understanding heart is something of high value to the lord and when we seek him he's pleased with that and not only that i really believe it's one of the things that we need above all else it really is there are a lot of questions people have there are a lot of things that people don't know and we, we sometimes think I just need God's power to change this circumstance or to fix this situation over here. And you know what? Oftentimes is needed for us to humble ourselves and say, "Lord, give me an understanding heart. Give me wisdom to deal rightly and to judge correctly." To, I mean, I mean, you can find all these things in New Testament prayers, both in Ephesians and Philippians. That that the love of Philippians. Remember the prayer that the love of God would abound in us in sincerity, and in all judgment. So we are supposed to be good judges of things where we can look and discern and accurately perceive, perceive what is right and what's wrong and what the move is to make and what the move is not to make. If anything, I would encourage you to do on a regular basis is pray prayers like that. Whether you take it from the Old Testament, what Solomon asked, or come on into the New Testament and pray Ephesians 1, 3... 1, chapter 1 and chapter 3 and Philippians 1. And, uh, and and there's some others in there as well, some smaller ones. And Colossians as well. Uh, but pray those prayers with all sincerity. Lord, open my eyes to see. Lord, give me the wisdom to know what to do. I tell you what, if, if you and I are w- operating in the God level of wisdom... And understanding and discernment and foreknowledge and all these things... There's not a one of us who aren't going to go to the top of what we're supposed to do in life. There's not a one of us who are going to... We're not going to be lagging down at the bottom of of obscurity and the bottom of, you know, just not being able to make it in life. Think about it. It's the wisdom of God. And it's a person who doesn't... They're not full of pride so they don't get knocked down. We come humbly, going back to this, acknowledging that of ourselves we don't know anything. Of ourselves, we can't produce anything. It's by the grace of God that, that we're even given this understanding that we should ask. It's the very fact that God loves us and He wants to lift us up. That He's bringing this to us tonight. Because it is a turnaround. It is a change of life. Now whether it's a sharp turn, sometimes it's that way sometimes we start thinking right and we make adjustments that I'm going to approach God when I come to church, when I read his word, when I pray. As I'm driving on the street on my way to work, I'm going to approach God and say, Lord, fill my heart with wisdom today. Open my eyes to see. And if I continue, because you're not, you know, it's not that all of a sudden you're going to become all-knowing. If that were possible, I would have got that already. (laughs) Because I've... I've been praying. <laughs> it's not that. It's not that. But it's we, we get on that path. We stop looking to the flesh, to our natural mind. And every single day we continue to seek God for revelation and understanding. And teach me and show me and reveal to me. Give me, the, give me your wisdom so that I can deal rightly. So that I can walk before you uh, effectively and fruitfully. And, and that's just a normal way that we live. And every day we thank him. Thank you, Lord, for what I know. Thank you that I know to ask you for what I don't know. (laughs) Thank you that I have the faith and the ability to believe you and trust you for this. We're giving him all the praise and all the glory. And what's going to happen? We're going to continually go up and up and up in understanding more and more and more and more and more. Amen. Amen. The day that we think that some things are off limits and not possible is the day we shut ourselves off to God's supply i even know of those who've taken had to take great tests examinations and uh to qualify for something or uh, you know in in some kind of class and just real heavy duty stuff and they committed doesn't mean they didn't study but they committed to uh trust god in the middle of it that he would make them of quick understanding in the fear of the lord i think that's in isaiah somewhere i, I don't remember make them of quick understanding in the fear of the lord and just almost like it was supernatural <laughs> they went and just flew through these very difficult examinations where others are taking hours and it takes them less than an hour and just bam bam them, they just see it they just know it they're able, able able to retain knowledge all the things that they've studied they were able to retain it on a supernatural level and they weren't some genius before who just you know like a photographic memory they just know it no just average joe trust in god why believe it's possible amen what do we believe is possible what do we what do we believe can be do do you believe that no matter how things have been in, in the past that they can turn around still Say, but I've prayed before, nothing happened. Do you believe that it can turn around still? That with God, all things are possible. And to him who believes, things can change. That no matter what it's looked like, and though it's been difficult, there have been some struggles, and it's been, man, I haven't been able to come, that it can still change. I'm telling you, if we think, man, I just, I can't do this. It's over. But if we immediately begin to acknowledge God, acknowledge Him, His delivering power, His sustaining ability, His His ability to change and restore and renew and things that have blown apart and fallen apart, God is the master of, re- of reconciliation, fixing things that have been broken, and He didn't break them. <laughs> you know, He's not like some, some kids, who you know, clean up the mess. Well, I didn't do it. My brother did it. Clean it up anyway. Why why do I have to do it? Talking about your kids, not mine. (laughs) Talking about your kids. (laughs) God knows that you messed it up. And He's willing, if we'll look to Him to come and put it back together anyway. Amen. He absolutely is. He knows what the problem is. And we're gonna we're gonna look to him. Amen. And he's gonna put it all back together again. <laughs> thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's just take a moment tonight and pray. Lord, we thank you, thank you, thank you thank you for your goodness thank you for your your presence and your grace in our lives we believe that you're showing us things you're helping us to see all things are clear before you all things are naked and open before you there's nothing that's hidden from your sight And, Lord, we look to the one who sees all, to the one who knows everything. We will not limit our lives and our future by our lack of understanding and sight. But we look to you tonight. We look to you to reveal and to show. We live in the days of dreams and visions. We live in the outpouring of the Spirit where these things are available to all. There's not a person who does not qualify to walk in greater revelation and understanding, to have an increased sense of accurate judgment and discernment. We look to you we look to you for answers because we believe in you because we trust in you because you're our our help and you're our source we believe that you're showing us the things that we need to say and do the places we need to go and the adjustments we need to make We see clearly by your Spirit. We are your sheep who hear your voice. I thank you that you speak to us in the night. Speak to us on our beds. You speak to us in the bathroom while we shave. Or whatever people do. Lord, you show us as we quiet our mind. And as we take the time, Lord, I believe we're seeing things more clearly than we've ever seen them. More clearly. And we trust you every day to show us. To show us. We're seeing things. Wisdom is increasing more and more. Wisdom is increasing more and more in us. Everybody say it out loud, Lord. Open my eyes to see. That I may perceive, that I may understand, I may know the realities of the Spirit. I may understand what's been given me in Christ. I may see clearly and not be deceived. I perceive that even greater revelation is coming to the to, to us, to the body of Christ, concerning the move of God, concerning the ways that He does things, the ways that He works. Greater, greater revelation is coming even in the area of business and understanding how to succeed in, 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 in careers and in business endeavors. Greater revelation is coming in ministering to the sick and helping the afflicted and those who are bruised. Greater revelation is coming greater understanding as we seek his face uh, and trust him to open our eyes great wisdom and great insight Lord we look to you we look to you thank you Lord let's just thank the Lord for a little bit thank him for what He's, he's shown us thank the Lord for what he's given you thank the lord lord we thank you we bless you we thank you for what you've given we thank you for what you've shown we thank you for what we do understand we're not counted as a small thing as a light thing we we value and honor everything you've shown us believing believing That it's just the tip of the iceberg. That there's much more to come. Much more to come. Greater understanding. More than riches. More than long life. More than success. We seek to know the wisdom of God. To have discernment and an understanding heart. More than other things. We seek to have an understanding heart, to deal rightly with what you've placed on our plates, those you've given us influence in, to deal rightly in our lives with your call and your plan and purpose for us. We thank you, Lord, and we receive, we receive, we receive. Lord, and I just speak now, wisdom, wisdom, and strength into every person. Wisdom, wisdom, knowing what to do. Wisdom, insight into the future. Inside into the future. Wisdom comes from above. I thank you for words of wisdom. Supernatural revelation concerning the plan and purpose of God. What is to come? What is to come? The Holy Spirit has come in us to show us things to come. So we trust you, Lord. We rest in you and believe that you're revealing to us things yet out before us, things in the future.